five-ish fangirls, I love you. And I'm one of the five-ish. In fact, I'm the biggest one of the five-ish. I am the sixth Doctor Colin Baker, and I wish you all well. Have fun. Continue all the way to episode 384. Five ish fangirl podcast of all the innumerable possibilities added a walk into mine. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Five ish fangirls podcast. Let's start off like direct the virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Brittany Lovidia. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Uh, hi, everybody. Hello. We're going to get our electronica on. <laughs> but first, other things, which we don't have any news, <laughs> but we do have quite a bit of housekeeping. So yes, we are going to take care of that. So if you missed it, because we finally got it fixed, like in the smack uh, middle of last week's episode. <laughs> yes, we finally got yeah. good reason to cooperate. <laughs> and it's now making nicey nice of Facebook. Yes. yes. Last week I had the login not with Facebook because I still have my my email way to log in so i was fixing on that because i'm like well let's just see if i can do it and i did it yeah. so but now it's 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 back up and it's working and good grief i was the one who put it up what was even the book yeah <laughs> um, good question um, was it a big finish i think something whispers of terror or something like that Yes, August Whispers, book, of Whispers of Terror, which is Big Finish number three. <sighs> so there you go. And the poll is up. Yeah. So check all that out and make sure you vote. And also make sure you get um, uh, put, put some uh, comments on uh, in the post, in the discussion thread. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the one of the 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 cheap the cheap ones <laughs> the mm -hmm. early releases that are all like what 2.99 or something like that so you can yeah. it's there and it's also on spotify for free so it's fairly accessible yeah so again whispers of terror it's a six doctor and perry yep. audio yeah so where is that? Uh, and speaking of Doctor Who and Big Finish, actually, uh, <laughs> I just made an appearance on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast. Yes, you did. Nicely Charles Tags and Jesse Jackson, where we talked Big Finish number 48, Davros, which, of course, is a six Doctor audio. <laughs> mm -hmm. Would I do anything else? Probably not. <laughs> no. They asked you really nicely, but maybe. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and Charles even came to me. He's like, here's some big finish. They're all six doctor. Pick one. <laughs> and you're like, 
Way to make my job hard. Yeah. 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 I love so. them, please and thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so you can go listen to that wherever you can find Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who Podcast. Um, and then uh, for our Gold Standard Patreon supporters, so if you're not supporting gold standard the oscars podcast on patreon yet get to it because this month's pick is now up for those patron supporters and it is the exorcist happy back to school to you uh (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious considering the exorcist like was released around christmas time in 1970 whatever it was 73 uh <laughs> so i'm got the merry holidays next Chris- up merry christmas and back yes. to, to you uh so yeah you can if you support gold standard on patreon you can listen to that along with all the others that we've done on patreon as well so um and then up for free where anybody can consume i have put up the gen con pictures on our facebook page and an album so you can go look at those Uh, i would apologize if any of the food pictures make you hungry but uh sorry not sorry (laughs) yeah that means you just need to go have lunch uh, yeah pretty much and the question is do they deliver and how much is yeah. the delivery fee yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's really funny is uh this past week chauncey and i took the day off to have a day date and we went to the state fair which uh-huh. we mm-hmm. ate our you know till we couldn't eat anymore there but then on the way home we happened to pass by one of the food trucks i ate at during gen con in traffic so I'm like, wait a minute i know that truck <laughs> like, hey oh, pull over make some room <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're not done yet yeah <laughs> like by the time you get my my order prepared i might just be able to make some room <laughs> that is hilarious yeah Oh, so pictures are up on the Facebook um, and then up on our YouTube channel. This is partially why we have a YouTube channel. Um, is one of the interviews I did at Gen Con is now up and available for you to listen to. My chat with Erica from Rollacrit. Um, we talk dogs and drinking games and other things (laughs) (laughs) um and then i have also put up uh my quote-unquote haul from gen con as well so you can see all the stuff i got and be exceedingly jealous Mm -hmm. but it is cool so go check that out and i've got links to Pretty much all the vendors that I got stuff from in in the little description box underneath. So you can be like, I want that. There's a link for it. There you go. So there you go. So that is the 
housekeeping and we don't have any feedback, which that's okay. Apparently Shalane has not jumped on the Orville bandwagon yet. <laughs> um, I, I will I will tell you guys this though. This actually made me very proud. So um so my mom she she does not get sci-fi like at all. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, she'll watch some stuff with us. She'll watch Star Wars and 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 things like that. My, my dad has to explain Back to the Future to her. There's just it just doesn't click for. Her. I mean, she watches Big Bang Theory, and that's how we can explain like what some of these things are that we're into. It's like, well, it's like that thing they did in that episode of, of Big Bang Theory, and then she kind of gets it. Anyway, my mom and dad, uh, well, they were ca- they were catching up on the Orville because I told him what we were. That, that jared and i had watched it we were talking about it on the podcast and all that and so he's like okay and so they're getting caught up apparently my mom loves the orville nice. like she like like bordis is her favorite like she just laughs, <laughs> loves all the humor and she gets it and she's like way into it and she's like the one like hey we need to watch we need to watch the orville tonight do we have more orville to watch it was so funny because because we saw them over the weekend because it was Alex's birthday on Friday and we had birthday parties for him pretty much all weekend. So we saw we saw my parents um, on Saturday. We had a birthday party and and my dad was telling us about it and I was like, cool. So mm-hmm. my mom is. They haven't watched season three yet, or they were gonna they were gonna start it that night. So so they had just cool. finished. So I was like, oh, mom gets it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. I think she'll really like Bordis this season three. Uh, I think so, too. <laughs> I think, so. yeah, she just, dad said that, that Bordis was just kind of just hit the right humor notes with her. So I was like, mm. sweet. So anyway, <laughs> so there's some pseudo feedback on the Orville uh, from what we did last week. That's a little cool. bit, but I just had to share that because I'm like, yay, mom. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, we are going to be very sci-fi this week. <laughs> <laughs> Get those quarters um, ready, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of the... It's one of those that's become a cult classic it was it mm-hmm. was reasonably successful in the box office all things considering and it did really well merchandise wise and it was actually went over fairly well with the critics but even then that it, during that time it was considered a flop but it has since become you know a cult um uh, yeah, you know, has a cult following to it. Obviously, enough for them to give it a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, so you <laughs> now, know, twenty it, something years. Did it come out? Later, so did it come out like the same year that one of the Star Wars movies? Or am I thinking of something else? Because I feel like that was a factor. Well, it was nineteen eighty two. Oh, okay. Well, maybe okay. So. But and I think I Jedi mean, came out in eighty one or eighty three. Jedi came out in eighty three. I yeah, wasn't sure okay. if, if Tron came out in eighty three. So like, oh boy, yeah, that would have. Uh... But yeah, I just I couldn't remember because I I had watched a video on 
like someone talking about yeah it was a flop but it was because it was up against some other big movie so i guess it wouldn't have been star wars then but would have been a would have been a trek one would have been like wrath of khan or oh it's I you know off? you're i think i think it i you know what now that you say that that's the, probably it the, okay the top 10 highest grossing films of 1982 were et oh okay e. tootsie an officer mm-hmm. and a gentleman Rocky Three, okay. Porky's, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, okay. Forty Eight Hours, Poltergeist, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, and Annie. <laughs> Wowza! Okay, so it would either was a pretty decent year for films. Yeah, it was either it, it would have been either ET or uh, Star Trek was probably one one of those. I knew it was yeah. a sci fi one, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I remember. Gandhi was the best picture winner that year. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to our review on Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, and really at this time, Disney was kind of hurting. Yeah, yeah. for film as it, wa- as it was, because they, they, this was obviously a few more years out from the Disney Renaissance and Eisner taking over and. Mm-hmm. You know, getting things like the Little Mermaid and stuff. Uh, yeah, so they were still when, floundering a bit. Yeah. So when Steven Lisberger, who directed and wrote the first Tron movie, um, he actually got the idea for the movie all the way back in the late seventies, when he found himself being very addicted to playing pong. Which I know nowadays you're like, oh, that's so old school and so like low tech. But at the time when Pong came out, being high tech, that was that was state of the art. So Mm -hmm. I took a history of gaming class and then TA'd for that class for twice. So (laughs) I have a lot of useless game knowledge up in my brain. Uh, So uh, yeah, so he had the idea back in the 70s and then you know he teamed up with um uh yeah this other guy and they created like their own little like animation special effects kind of studio and kind of cobbled together something that they could pitch to the studios Mm -hmm. and so then they went around, you know, Hollywood being like, hey, we got this idea for a movie. It'd be really state of the really sci fi, like, woo, you know, you know, weird colors and strange effects and all this crazy stuff. And the studios are like, eh, no, thanks. Bye. The exit's that way. And they finally got to Disney, and Disney's all like, well, I mean, $10 million is a lot for a first time director but we can't really do any worse than we're already doing as a company so sure why not (laughs) (laughs) let's go for broke go big or go home yeah seriously and so they were like it can't get any worse can it how (laughs) would you like jeff bridges Because actually, well, they were thinking David Warner's nothing Will- to sneeze at though either. So. That too. Well, they were thinking of Robin Williams actually Ooh. for the Kevin Flynn role, but then they decided that maybe they wanted to make it a bit more serious. 
that was probably a smart play yeah uh because at that point robin had not shown that he could be a serious quote-unquote serious actor quite yet Mm -hmm. Uh, good morning vietnam is still a a bit of ways uh yeah so um yeah uh, so but jeff bridges is a i mean he's been at at this yeah but i mean at this point he had been a well-established actor for right a long time he i mean he comes from a lineage story yeah storied family history of acting uh, yeah yeah. so um it wasn't uh that they, they they knew that they could get somebody who was established as a you know as a as an actor um really easily um for for this but yeah i mean david warner is (laughs) (laughs) not anything to sneeze at uh as far as as far as uh as far as acting is yeah as acting is as concerned as as well you know with the you know things like the omen uh and of course you know a christmas carol because he was an english actor so you got to do dickens and or shakespeare at some point um you know we ended up seeing him in titanic mm-hmm. <laughs> much later mm-hmm. uh so um uh but yeah i mean the story is kind of fairly straightforward if you take away all the fancy schmancy technical stuff where you know it's a guy working in a technical working for a technical company the someone he he's super smart someone steals his ideas and gets all the fame and glory with it he's you know and he's stuck trying to find two pennies to scrape together to feed himself meanwhile mm-hmm. trying to re-legitimize you know his name in the industry and try to find a way to prove that the other guy stole his work and bring down the, the you know the the bad guy essentially yeah there's no there's no good no good guy it just so happens that it happens to be video games among other mm-hmm. things like this this the ncom does like all sorts of technology which these days yeah. we don't blink an eye at that mm-hmm. one right. one company will do things in very what seemingly very different fields right. uh, yeah and so. a quasi skynet feel with <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't need that for security i'm running the security yeah see you let's put all eggs in one security (laughs) basket and Uh, that'll be fine you know it's it's just uh, the the year after this movie was wrong yeah really it was a a year after this movie was released we got war games and what did they do they put all of their eggs into one security basket would you like to play a game (laughs) exactly (laughs) nuclear war please yes uh but what sets tron apart was its visuals yeah i mean and watching rewatching it on disney plus i mean i'm still floored how 
I mean, sure, it's all lines and angles, but I mean, it still holds up. I mean, that's still impressive. Mm-hmm. For everything that was done. Yeah, and considering... I mean, I hate to say it, I kind oh. of like the design style from Tron versus Legacy. <laughs> It it, it it has it has a certain very what's the word I'm looking for it has Charm. a very nostalgic feel <laughs> Charm, yes. nostalgic it has a very organic look yeah. to it for being mm-hmm. as futuristic as it is it still comes off as very organic and they were able to use because what they were doing was a lot of backlighting yeah. Oh, on the cool. set yeah. on the sets doing a lot of um having to draw they like all the stuff inside the grid was filmed in black and white and then colored in yeah um see, see, so, which is why yeah. everybody's faces look like you know black and white set you know not very colorful compared to everything else so yeah yeah i mean you could go online and read about all of the technical stuff i'm not going to get into that because i don't understand what a lot of it means (laughs) to be honest with you (laughs) and probably isn't very compelling just to be read about you know go find some making of type stuff on youtube and i'm sure that'll be way more compelling but at the time with the technology that was available like the computers that they used or the computer (laughs) that they used Mm -hmm. for the special effects had 330 megabytes of storage. Yep. That's megabytes. I have the iPhone 11 that has like uh-huh. 125 or like 128 gigabytes of storage. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean every time I look at movies from from this time period and before and when, you know, you know, and obviously we'll talk about, you know, Star Wars is kind of the obvious one, but there's all these like Tron and and all these others that it's like you watch them now and you're like, how in the world did they manage that? Because you just watch a movie now, and you're like, oh yeah, they did that with computers, no big deal. But now, but but back then, no, they. I mean, they had computers to do were in their infancy. Yeah, I mean, they had computers, mm-hmm. but they are nowhere as good as. And and you know, and you may you could argue that that um, too much computer graphics, uh, CGI, and all that kind of stuff actually detracts from the movie because it just doesn't feel real but like like a movie like this or even um we saw top gun maverick a few weeks ago and a lot of that they actually did i mean there was some computer um computer wizardry aiding it but you but when you realize that no this is stuff they really did and you actually feel that um that peril or that that exhilaration and you know same thing here with tron it's yeah, they filmed that. They they filmed they filmed all those action scenes. They filmed all that stuff. They just you know in post production they colored it in or you know whatever they did with it. And it's just mm-hmm. to me, it's always been a lot more 
impressive that that they can do that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they can do with computers now. And yes, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of hours, a lot of a lot of people working for a long time. But at the same time, it's like, wow, you actually did that stuff or you mm-hmm. built those those models or, you know, whatever else you're you're talking about. And it's just mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, just, there's, there's just we're, something we're about- only five years out from the first Star Wars, which was pretty much all practical effects. It had to be because right. yeah. yeah, you know whatever. Yeah. Like, and, and the crazy they had thing to is, smudge the they had to smudge the lens to get rid of the wheels for the yeah yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it was it was all these crap. yeah. It's all these um, I don't know, just like like you know, jury rig, you know, with some with some mm-hmm. chewing gum and and fishing line. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it looks cool, and you and yeah. and you realize what they had to work with, and it looks that good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I am never i I am never going to look at a movie from that time period, especially a sci fi movie, and think, oh gosh, how like this looks so stupid. And like, no, mm-hmm. no, I was the they, same way when like when I started watching Doctor Who and went back to uh-huh. like the you know the the early early stuff. You know, people, right. like, oh, I can't yeah. watch that because it looks so ridiculous. I'm like. No, because I understand that they, what they were doing at the time was the best they could with yeah. like their five dollar budget. Yeah, and they're and, right. and they're like, okay, we want to do this, and no one was saying, well, you can't do that because this, this, and this. Like, well, we're gonna try right. anyway. And, right. You know, and some of it, it turned out fantastic, and other times, okay, you did yeah. your best. <laughs> yeah, some of it mm-hmm. looks a little janky, but you know what? You did it. You, you tried it, and tried it. Yep. You're not gonna fault anybody for that. Mm-hmm. But no, Tron, it, it, it does, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is the Academy Awards that year, it was, it was disqualified from being nominated for Best Special Effects because at the time the Academy felt that using computers was cheating. Oh my word. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, the times have changed. I change. was going to say, I'm like, uh, huh. they were robbed. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Yeah. Wait, you know, well, the academy is always like five or ten years behind the rest of the world, so eh. that is that is uh, that is very true. <laughs> valid point. Again, very valid point. Go listen to. <laughs> gold standard uh yeah yeah they i mean they weren't really doing like special effects for that long Mm -hmm. anyway uh but i mean the it i can't say it lost because it never got nominated but the winner that year for best visual effects was et well okay yeah up against Blade Runner and Poltergeist, which of of those, as I mentioned, the effects in Poltergeist have not held up. So no, <laughs> thank goodness it did not win. Because uh, that'd be really yeah. embarrassing. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, that's just it's so crazy that forty years ago the, the Academy is like, no computers, that's cheating. Oh, uh, boy. and then you know, in what ninety 
what was it, 91, 90, Beauty and the Beast got nominated for Best Picture and it mm-hmm. used some computer. Uh, yeah. That ballroom scene. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't tell me there wasn't some computer uh, help there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, there was. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and John Lasseter, love him or hate him, you know, we'll ignore the personal stuff, but John Lasseter, just as a creator, has said that really, if it wasn't for Tron, there might have not been a Pixar. Yeah. Wow. Now that's saying a whole lot right there. Yeah. Granted, he's not the only person to help found Pixar. He kind of had right, a few other people still. there too, but still. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of people that were very, very influenced by the original mm-hmm. Tron and we would not have we would probably not what ha- we have now entertainment wise if mm-hmm. it wasn't for movies like Tron yeah pushing the envelope despite what the academy might think <laughs> um you know the the um uh the soundtrack is fairly iconic you can still hear the main tron theme mixed yep. in with the other music in uh tomorrowland at the disney parks um yeah, make, yeah with all the other you know similarly <laughs> atmospheric uh you know disney related stuffs mm-hmm. um although by the time that um cds started to become a thing they weren't able to release the soundtrack on cd right away because they didn't have the the original soundtrack was on mono or analog it wasn't mono but it was analog and uh they didn't have the technology to convert it to digital to be able to put it on cd right away wow okay that's that's hilarious <laughs> yeah <laughs> so technology marches on mm-hmm. yeah so but like i said this mm-hmm. was it did halfway decent i mean opening weekend it it uh four million dollars in mm-hmm. between the u.s and canada it's opening weekend which nowadays that's like uh that that would that would be a flop these days but this is 1982 right. money um right it went yeah. on to get 33 million in the u.s and canada and 70 million overseas so 50 million dollars approximately worldwide it was disney's highest grossing live action film for five years wow so um because by the mid to late 80s uh we would have new people in charge and touchstone <laughs> mm-hmm. helping to rake in the big bucks so yeah um and it made 70 million dollars in merchandise sales well of course that's where the money is yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. despite all that it was considered a financial flop and they ended up writing off like 70 million dollars as a tax write-off which somewhere the people of warner brothers are like you can do that uh 
<laughs> which is exactly what they're doing yes exactly what they're doing because <laughs> yeah. they they in trouble yeah but that's but that's Talk about here. a fire sale yeah, but that's neither here nor there but yes they are yeah. They are in such financial straits. It's not even funny, mm, which yep. is <clears throat> why why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, yeah. Well, and like I said, it was well received by critics too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it four out of uh, four out of four stars. And coming so, from him, that takes a lot to get. It, it does. Yeah, yeah, and Cisco gave it four out of four as well. So yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> Sometimes you can get one of them, but to get both of them are, it was like, wow. Miracle. You, you did something. <laughs> and each Although, gave it two thumbs up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, but, but like we said, 1982 was a big year for movies and it kind of doesn't surprise me that, that it got a little overshadowed by some of those other things going on, yeah. which is, which is a shame, but. Like, like you said, it's it's uh it's one that has garnered a, a following on you know home video and then there was the sequel some years ago and mm -hmm. and it wasn't there a Tron attraction at one of the Disney parks or there still is oh it yeah, still is okay yeah there's there still is still. yeah because when we got Tron Legacy in 2010 which we'll talk about uh but in between that. Um, there was a lot of video games. <laughs> and I think there was Release. even an animated cartoon series to yeah, it. Yeah, but there were a lot of video games. <laughs> well, naturally. Uh, Release between you know, 1981 and then th there was the crash in 83 because again, E.T. Um uh but then there's been uh there's been or tron related additions to some of disney's other games where they're multi ip like uh the kingdom hearts series mm -hmm. or epic Mi mickey uh the disney universe game disney infinity um Fortnite <laughs> Battle Royale. Um so there's there's lots of uh you know Tron related other releases that you know they novelized the book um which flushes out uh, a lot of things uh or they novelize the uh, you know the movie into a book which flushes out a lot of things that mm. don't necessarily get explained in in the film um but yeah the the people mover at disneyland from 82 to 95 was kind of reskinned as part of the world of tron uh so they could project the light cycle sequence on the vehicle as it passed uh, through a tunnel um and um the uh in 2010 the monorail at Walt Disney World was skinned um the on the Epcot loop um and it had the blue and yellow light cycles on either side of the the monorail so it looked like it looked you know if the monorail was going at you know 
whatever its top speed is, it kind of looked like the the light cycle was going along the monorail track. It got dubbed the Trona Rail during that time period. (laughs) I have some pictures of it. Uh, Cool. So... Um, and they were having a uh, at California Adventure. They were having a uh, special nighttime dance party called Electronica, um, where they were had there was a they were having a, a dance party with lights and lasers and music and projections. There were drinks and snacks and stuff, and they were playing some of the music from the the soundtrack because Daft Punk. <laughs> um who is now no longer a group they have since retired uh but they were heavily influenced by the first tron movie so when they got approached to do the, i don't know i don't remember if they were approached to do the music for the tron legacy or if they approached that you know disney like we need to do the music for this movie please let us um so they did they they did that and of course uh, Daft Punk makes a cameo appearance in Tron Legacy. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the the Electronica dance party went on until early 2012. Um, and in Shanghai Disneyland, there is the Tron Light Cycle Power Run that's been there since 2016, where you, the guests sit on the 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 roller coaster seat. Kind of looks like the the light cycles um and apparently it's very 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 cool and very unique and unique enough that there is a version currently being worked on at the magic kingdom in florida that was supposed to be open in time for the magic kingdom Walt disney world's 50th anniversary last october but as we know the world decided other things need to happen, so it is now supposed to open some point between now and the end of the year. <laughs> this so year. watch for that. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, I think it's close. I think it's close because people have seen the 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 vehicles, the ride vehicles, outgoing for test runs. Obviously, nobody on them, but doing test mm-hmm. runs and stuff. So that means it. That means it should be getting close. I hope. <laughs> so but yeah from from what i understand the people who have written in in shanghai it's a very very unique experience uh if anything else because of the type of the the type of ride vehicle that you ride in um but it's supposed to look really cool and sound really cool and i think it'll be really awesome once it opens in in the magic kingdom so yeah that uh, that's that's gonna be really awesome so again just because the movies didn't necessarily do that well doesn't mean that there's not enough call for it Mm -hmm. to be able to utilize it because you know like i said we got the sequel tron legacy in 2010 and um they originally disney started teasing it in like 2008 um and then finally um got to the point where they were doing real proper teasers at like San Diego Comic-Con and stuff um in 2009 2010 uh so they were they were they were promoting this movie for several <laughs> years like let's hope we get it right this time yeah uh, 
and obviously technology as far as special effects has advanced leaps and bounds yeah <laughs> well it's so. it's it's always interesting that they're like oh this movie was a flop it didn't do well but yet you have you know people you, you have the merchandise you have the the park attractions you have the you know you know you say it's get a cult following it you know it's kind of like princess bride in in that regard you know it gets it gets noticed on on home video and it's like was it really a flop i mean i guess in terms of box office if that's all you're looking at but i think i mean and, and you know i know the film industry is gonna do what they're gonna do and whatever but i just kind of look at this i'm like like i think you need to reevaluate your de definition of a flop and because there's some that are just they stand the test of time like there are some movies that you know, you talk about the ones that that uh, on gold standard, the ones that won, and some of them are like, I've never heard of that movie, but yet there was another movie that same year that's like, awesome, I love this movie, I've watched it a million times. So, you know, I honestly would not consider that one a flop, even though it, you know, it, its initial theatrical run, I didn't, it didn't make a lot of money. Well, who, mm -hmm. so what? Who cares? Forty years later, we're still talking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah. The, the the movie industry is gonna do what it's gonna do and who the heck knows why but yeah yeah well and in because you know the, the sequel was coming out now that we were in the age of like people really being on the internet and social yeah. media and stuff that they were able to utilize that to their advantage so mm -hmm. um you know they were uh that you know they started out with this campaign of flynn lives mm -hmm. you know with uh you know uh jeff bridges character like you know kevin flynn is alive um mm -hmm. and uh yeah they would uh there were different websites that you could go to uh and flynn's arcade and stuff they would they would uh they would mail out tokens from flynn's arcade to to people to help hype it up and and that sort of thing so um so yeah they utilize they utilize that so by the time the movie actually came out in late 2010 um those people that had helped keep you know the original tron alive essentially and started that that cult following I'm sure we're probably like ready and raring to go. <laughs> oh yeah, to see what happens. I mean, obviously, I wasn't even born when the first Tron was released. Mm -hmm. Like some of the cast in Tron Legacy, <laughs> both Garrett Garrett Headland and Olivia Wilde, neither of them were alive when the first mm -hmm. Tron was yeah mm -hmm. was released. Um. But I saw Tron Legacy in the movie theater and I thought it was really cool. Now, with both being on Disney Plus, it was it was really nice to be able to watch them back to back mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. catch all the nods that yeah. I didn't catch before because so much there was so much time in between 
viewings right <laughs> uh so i was it, this time around i was definitely like oh that's a nod to that or that's a nod to that or you know that's an easter egg for that or hey cool um so you know i remembered the plot and i remember what it looked like i remember how it ended um but the nuance and the nod to the film that had come before especially when there's a, a, such a large time difference because uh, you know tron legacy starts with kevin flynn going missing in 1989 mm -hmm. when his son is like seven <laughs> you know uh and then he's proceeding to be missing for the next almost 20 years um so uh a lot of a lot of time has passed in our world and you know also in the grid too although time does pass differently but it's enough you know because kevin flynn is the creator and is kind of like neo with the matrix mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's kind of one with it he's able to keep track of how long it actually has been because he knows how old his son is when they're finally reunited um but yeah you get jeff bridges back as kevin flynn but also a de-aged jeff bridges as himself at the very beginning of the movie and also as clue in the grid which if it had okay if they had just did the de-aging for clue and never showed us jeff bridges as young kevin at the very beginning of the movie i'd almost be able to forgive it because clue is a digital construct mm -hmm. and therefore that weird it doesn't quite look right you could mm -hmm. almost pass Un uncanny uncanny valley uncanny, you could almost get yeah. you could almost hand wave the uncanny valley because it's like well he's not an actual human being and therefore right. mm -hmm. the likeness is not going to be exact mm -hmm. But <laughs> because you also see that on young Kevin before he goes missing, it's a little harder. It just the de-aging is is one of those digital effects that sometimes is done really, really well and sometimes not. <laughs> and in this case, it just it's it's a bit creepy it's a bit yeah. it's, a, it's a bit creepy it's a yeah. bit uncanny valley for for my taste yeah because there have been some movies where they've done it they've done either de-aging or digital reconstruction really well like they de-aged michael douglas in ant-man ant-man yeah that was yeah fantastic. and that was that was that was pretty good uh um, well then carrie doing the young carrie fisher for the end of row one. one yeah yeah, so you know it can be done <laughs> to mm -hmm. a point. You know, even even uh, you know, Mark Hamill in in the you know, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian slash mm -hmm. Book of Boba Fett. Um, mm -hmm. So it, you know it can be done, but those are also 
products that are newer than this was. So the technology has gotten even better since 2010 as well. So, Mm -hmm. but still, it's one of those just, it's one of those digital effects. It's like, you got to be really careful in how you use this. (laughs) Yeah, because there's some of that that's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you'd just be much better off just slapping a bunch of makeup on somebody and being like, yeah, it's the same person. <laughs> it might be believable. Uh, no. But, you know, it's still cool to see Jeff Bridges back, although Kevin in this movie, unlike the younger kind of hot shot programmer hacker kevin in the the, you know the original tron this since he's been trapped in the grid for so long he's kind of just resigned himself to like this is his lot in life Mm -hmm. it has this like i have to abide (laughs) yeah it's a little bit too much of the dude uh yeah in some instances where he's like that's just the way it is man (laughs) Like, Leave like the your, dude your alone. inner dude is showing there. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you can be zen without <laughs> leading into the dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't I need the just, moments I think, right now. I, I think that's just Jeff Bridges, actually, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Rachel. I think you're having yeah. something there. Yeah. So, but it was nice to have him back. And then we got uh, Bruce Boxlinter back yep. as Alan Brady. Um, Speaking of was, Orville. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or Alan, yeah, Alan Bradley. So it was um, uh, uh, good to, to see him him come back. Uh, and then we get it's just a, a short mention of the sun of essentially our antagonist from the first movie <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's almost like they have they had an idea of how they were going to use him and then the script changed and then just kind of left him in there yeah i think like we'll do something we'll, we'll do something with you ah never mind like and who what i don't remember <laughs> yeah it's like dillinger what who do we know you i don't think so um <laughs> i just think it's funny he's dillinger considering yeah you know, the famous robber <laughs> dillinger yeah. i have no yeah. idea who you're talking about yeah, bad guy named dillinger imagine that yeah. um but yeah the fact that it's the with the OG Tron, like your bad guy is both inside and outside the grid, right? And in this case, the bad guy is just strictly inside the in- grid, really, because mm-hmm. Clue has become. I don't want to say Clue is corrupted. There was a video I watched on YouTube that I think brought up a really good point that Clue, while obviously doing bad things, isn't necessarily being a bad guy like a mustache twirling type villain mm-hmm. because you have to mm-hmm. remember that clue is a computer program 
He doesn't right. think like a human. Obviously, he's he's become advanced enough to be able to think for himself. Mm-hmm. Right. But he doesn't. But his think still main line of programming is still is intact. binary. It's either yes or right. no. Yeah. Right. And, and it well, hasn't changed. And his <laughs> and his prime directive was make the perfect program. The yep. the thing is is perfect can be subjective. But yeah. as a computer program, there is no subjectivity. There is no gray area. It is either yes or no. And if it's not perfect, it needs to be eliminated. Yeah, that's the problem with, with getting AI to do things is it's only as good as the person who programmed it. And yes. then, you know, it has to fill in the blanks. And sometimes those blanks don't get filled in very, very well. Because they're not capable mm -hmm. of it. No. Because yeah. they, 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 the nuance is not a thing that they, they get. <laughs> so. so you have to think of every possible answer and every possible thing that could go wrong. And humans just are not capable of that. No. As much as you try, it's like, no, there's still going to be something that yeah. you didn't think of that is going to happen. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the major difference between Clue and Cora played by olivia wilde because she's not a program but she's not a user either she right. is the essentially the last of this race that kind of evolved inside the grid and she was born there so she's not programmed mm-hmm but she's not human either, which is why when she gets injured and her arm gets cut off, Flynn's just able to go in and pull out that damaged piece of code and rewrite it and regrow her arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but it, yeah, it was a I, something I'd not think really thought of when I was until I watched that video because to me, Clue is just like you know mustache rolling bad guy. But it's like, no, he's really, he's following his programming. Mm -hmm. Right. So. And Flynn's letting him do his, and Flynn's letting him do his stuff. He's not, you know, checking in with him like, hey, what are you doing? Well, yeah, I'm sure he would have if it hadn't been so dangerous. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, you're like, okay. And as much as I'd like to try to fix you right um, you're you gonna try to chop off me my any head. moment yeah yeah so pretty much i'm gonna go over here where you can't get to me mm -hmm. until my son is stupid and takes the one vehicle that could get you across this terrain into the city uh-huh <laughs> so i'm noticing something house. in that family tree planning not the yeah. Nope. <laughs> not the not the best stat in the whole family. Not I mean, not so much. They were working on kind of a tight schedule. They only had eight hours True. before the portal was gonna close. True. Yeah. And you know, and he he yeah, he had to go he had to fight, you know, in the, participate in some of the games first and not die. <laughs> Uh, and then get rescued, and then get reunited with his dad, and then he goes needs mm -hmm. to 
to try to figure out a way to help his dad by going to the bar run by Michael Sheen. Yeah. No, there's your mustache twirling enemy there, Rachel. Can we just take This guy just pops up everywhere. about Michael Sheen in this movie. Oh, he does my not goodness. have a lot of screen time, but the man chews the scenery for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Michael oh, Sheen was when I first saw this movie. I would not have a clue who he was in 2010. I remember the character just being very weird in my mind. And then years later, once I discover who Michael Sheet is, and then suddenly I'm looking into everything he's ever done and realize that that's who he is in Shaw Legacy. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then rewatching <laughs> it again, I'm like, oh, my God, Michael Sheet, I love you so much. Please don't ever change. And he's not 12 years later. He's exactly the same. So he's a little older. Well, and for, I didn't even that. recognize it was him either. I thought he was actually Steve Valentine who had played in NBC's Crossing Jordan just in the facial features and the British accent. But then when yeah. I found out, no, it's him. I'm like, wow. Oh, that is Michael. <laughs> that is essentially Michael Sheen. If you just change the the uh, the color palette, that is essentially him uh-huh. in Twilight. The character is pretty yeah. much exactly the same. The, the character who he, he plays mm-hmm. in Twilight, <laughs> which is about the same yeah. time period, so that tells you something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but just watching this again the entire time, and like when the fight breaks out, and he's dancing with his cane, and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's using the shit little laser bolts out of the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> God. I love that man. Oh, I love Michael Sheen so much. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Oh, yeah. He he was the highlight of the. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> of is. the film. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, for his performance, he channeled Mae West and David Bowie. <laughs> Okay, David Bowie, that one I can most definitely see. Now, yes. May was? Okay, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> well, you know, the, oh, let's go into my private, private lounge, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let, let's step into my office, shall we? Yes. Step into my parlor, said the spider to the fly. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Oh my goodness. So okay. And I don't think I'm sure I would think this is completely um coincidental. Uh but the fact that I don't think they ever actually say the character's name in the movie, but you know clues like little right hand sycophant dude oh, who's all yeah. like his name mm-hmm. is Jarvis. Oh, you're kidding. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yoza, you're giving Jarvis is a bad name there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony and then you have not happy. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Daft Punk as the DJs in the club. Mm-hmm. 
in yep. Michael Sheen's Mouse bar. heads and all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they don't do the mouse heads. They just have kind of the motorcycle helmets. So. Oh, that's uh, right. But yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of something yeah. else, but they were large. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They are uh, oversized. Um, mm-hmm. so, and the bartender at Michael Sheen's. I was gonna call Michael Sheen. I don't care what the character's name was. It's Michael Sheen at Michael Sheen's <laughs> bar. The bartender was Steven Linsberger, the director of the oh, first Tron cool. movie. Oh, wow! Now I will. I have to admit, when I was watching the end credits for Tron, I had to do a double take when I saw I saw the Steve, but that Linsberger. I had to do a double take. Wait a minute. No, that's not Spielberg. <laughs> Yeah, that's Lindsberger. I'm just like Liz- <laughs> Spielberg okay, was nope, busy making enough, a different not movie. enough letters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Senor Spielberg was busy making other movies. Another movie yep. that did win best special effects. <laughs> yeah, the, the one with the alien with for the affinity of Reese's Pieces candies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay, you know, you want to talk. The difference between special effects 40 years ago and special effects 12 years ago. Tron, they shot in like 100 days, something like that. It was definitely triple mm-hmm. digits. Um, right. And then I don't know exactly how long it took them to do the, the special effects. It was a while. I think it quite a bit um but tron legacy they shot in 64 days the post-production took 68 weeks wow wow so a year and some change Mm mm-hmm yep (laughs) so and the computers these days have I'm pretty sure more than giga, gigabytes of storage. You're probably into terabytes, if not yeah. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are fifth They're tracking over... down time on supercomputers. <laughs> yeah, there there's almost sixteen hundred visual effect shots in Tron Legacy. So not surprised. Yeah. Although a lot of there are some practical stuff in there, like the uh, outfits worn inside the grid, the glowing trim and everything was actually mm-hmm. built into the suit. There were just light cool. strips that ran on batteries. Unfortunately, the batteries would last for only a few minutes. So they would turn them on right before they started filming. And as soon as they stopped, they hit the director yelled cut. They were turning them off and having to replace the batteries. Well, those, I mean, those suckers are bright. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's obviously, there's still a lot of very computer generated special effects, but they did try to do some stuff practically as well so um and uh 
it ended up doing $43.6 million during the course of opening weekend in North America. Um, it did get the top spot for the weekend ahead of Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, nice. Um, it ended up uh grossing um 68 million during its first week surpassing 100 million on its 12th day release um outside of north america 23 million on its opening weekend um 65 of foreign gross was just from japan australia brazil the uk and spain wow um, it performed best in japan uh, it, by the following week it got 65 and a half million from foreign markets bringing total gross to 153.8 million uh, so you know obviously quite a, a little bit more uh, money but uh, considering its budget was 170 million mm-hmm. <clears throat> Again, uh, although total box office, uh, it's ended, it's gotten to like four hundred million, but still, um, you know, when your your budget's one hundred and seventy and it's making one hundred and fifty, hurts a little. Yeah, it's just a little. Um, so, uh. Yeah, within its first couple of weeks, at, at least. By the end of re- end of its theatrical run, it it broke in the four hundred million dollar mark. So <clears throat> in North America, so but um, not as positively reviewed. Um, it's got a fifty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um. Roger Ebert gave it three stars, which is a passing score. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for most people, it's the visuals that are mm-hmm. the thing that they're like, "Oh my goodness, this is so good!" To, you know, to look at, but story-wise, a lot of uh, a lot of people are like, "Eh." story-wise it's okay so although michael sheen's portrayal caster has been particularly acclaimed by a lot of people so (laughs) yeah imagine that Mm -hmm. he is one of the highlights of the movie (laughs) yes yes so i kind of perked up and paid attention oh good we're getting to his scenes yay yep (laughs) good yeah, when Cora's like, well, there's this person named Zeus. I'm like, yeah, there is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it didn't get nearly the uh, accolades either, except for uh, Daft Punk won Best Original Score at the Austin Film Critics Association Awards. <laughs> So, 
so at the moment yeah that's where we're at i mean there was like holly was saying there was the um the animated series mm -hmm. that lasted a season if you consider 19 episodes a full season <laughs> tron uprising um it was canceled after 19 episodes so who knows how many episodes it might have actually gone if it had not been canceled <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember starting that one. I never finished it, but I remember it's kind of supposed to be it. set between the two movies. Yeah. So, um, you have your main protagonist named Beck, who's voiced by Elijah Wood. It's got a decent. Okay. Ca voice cast because you got Elijah Wood as your lead, you've got Bruce Boxlander back as the voice of Tron, mm -hmm. you've got Mandy Moore as mm -hmm. one of Beck's friends, um, Lance Hendrickson, Lax Hendrickson. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of recognizable voice actors, John Glover. Um. So, like Kate Mara, so she's in there. So, Dalma Faison, David Arquette, Olivia Wilde comes back at one point. So, so yeah, but it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> so and then there's supposed to be a third movie that's been floating around we'll see if it actually ever happens i'm not holding my breath yeah okay. just uh i'm not sure exactly where what they could do right as far as yeah. story i mean they did leave it kind of open on whether kevin is still alive at the end um because he and clue kind of merge maybe sort of again they're to kind of ambiguous tron may or may not be dead he, he broke his programming mm -hmm. but he may or may not be dead uh so um yeah whatever i guess uh but supposedly um supposedly this was back in 2016 2017 jared leto had supposedly signed on oh dear huh mm. to play a new character but uh, i'd rather not Mm -hmm. yeah there's something else with you and, and and daft punk is retired so you'd have to find somebody else with the music there so. there are some things that like just just but let let them lie let them let sleeping dogs lie as as they say yeah mm-hmm you know just just release merch and mm -hmm. get get the ride open at disney world mm -hmm. and um we can be happy with that 
Yeah, and we can yeah. listen. We can listen to the soundtrack of both movies because they're both really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't go wrong with Journey. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, of all the songs yeah. too. And it's like, hello, Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it was funny when that scene was going on. I'm just like, hmm. Okay, original version is going. I quick pulled out the earphones, picked up the Stranger Things version, and yeah kind of had that going over the it it, it it works just a teeny touch better i'm just like it kind of has that kind of a feel mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'll say the, the stranger remix. things version i think would actually fit better now yes. yeah uh, yes and legacy yes yeah because the original more electronic yes yeah there's just some things you're like yeah we we just we just want the we want the the blu-rays and the merch and you know we don't have to have another movie it's fine mm-hmm. we're all fine here mm-hmm. or or if you want to do something write some scripts do another animated series yeah mm-hmm. like there's other there are there. other things you can do yeah yep works for star wars <laughs> mm-hmm yeah so we're we're good we're good y'all yeah but uh, anyway i do look forward to writing the light cycles whenever it's open and i i get back down to florida (laughs) (laughs) cool yeah (sighs) anything else Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just it's it's one of those where. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give give it a watch. It's on Disney Plus. Both yeah. of them. Um, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched them in a while, or if you've never watched either one, pop it in. Mm-hmm. By all means. Mm-hmm. Um, at the, but at it, the very at the very least, watch Legacy for Michael Sheen's performance. Well, yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And the music by Daft Punk. Yes. <laughs> and you know, enjoy enjoy a bit of a cinema pioneering as far as special effects go yes Uh, yes but uh yes so if uh if any of our listeners have have feedback the the comments thoughts they want to send in about tron or tron legacy or anything related to it you can drop us some feedback our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com you can also visit our website which is the fiveishfangirls.com there uh, you will find links to our social media where you can also leave comments or to any of the many ways to support the podcast through patreon or our merch shop and a bunch of other ones that are listed there and uh, yeah check out our youtube channel like like we said earlier rachel's been putting up stuff related to her gen con adventures and elsewhere so check all that out it's a lot of fun and uh, you can always leave comments there too and as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and uh, being our listeners, commenting on our social media posts, however it is you interact with us. We're glad you're out there and hope y'all are doing well with whatever it is you're, you're up to. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So with that, we shall sign off for this week. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. 
This is Sally from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. You're messing with my Zen thing, man. to the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. You can find more episodes and information at thefiveishfangirls.com. Any and all books, movies, games, and any other forms of media mentioned are owned and operated by the respective copyright holders. No copyright infringement is intended or implied. If you wish to support the show, the easiest way is to leave us a rating and review. More ratings and reviews will make it easier for others to find the show. If you wish to support us monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash fiveishfangirlspodcast. All money goes towards fees and equipment to keep the show going. For official Fiveish Fangirls merchandise, visit redbubble.com slash people slash fiveishfangirls. We love hearing from our listeners and encourage feedback. You can email us at fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fiveishfangirls. Thank you so much for listening and may the squee be with you.